0: Hello, and welcome back to the Self-Taught Artist Podcast. I'm Lauren Christine, your host. I hope you are doing great wherever you are in the world. I'm doing awesome over here. I'm very glad that we are entering the fall season here in the United States. It has been unbelievably hot here in Texas and I'm ready for some cooler weather. Bring on the cozy feelings of fall. Last weekend, as a final hurrah of the summer, I was able to go visit a lake about an hour away, and I came back with lots of fresh inspiration for my art. I went with my husband and my dog, and we had the absolute best time. If you follow me on Instagram at laurenchristineart, I know you got a peek at my dog last weekend in my Instagram story. So that's a nice reminder to go follow me on Instagram at laurenchristineart if you're not already. I have been painting a lot lately, but simply painting for myself and the purpose of having fun. This means I've been doing some mixed media and trying out new ideas. I have been trying not to worry about whether or not these paintings turn out well or not. I'm creating just for the sake of creating. This has been a nice change of pace for me. Just this past weekend, I received a new set of oil pastels which I haven't really used before. These are a really nice vintage artist grade Caran d'Ache oil pastel set, and they are so creamy, it's delicious to paint with. That's the only word I can use to think of. I have used a lot of chalk pastels in my art before, but oil pastels are new to me. Previously, I have steered away from them because oil pastels are difficult to fix and seal. Because I'm creating art just for myself right now, I'm in experimentation mode, so I don't really have to worry about how to fix and seal and varnish these pieces. The issue with oil pastels is that they never really fully dry. They stay wet and smudgeable for a long, long time. Of course, if you put them behind glass in a frame, you can avoid any smudging issues. That's the obvious answer here. However, I would like to put them on canvas on top of acrylic paint in future mixed media artwork I create once i figure out the best way to do it of course i will make an episode and share with all of you the past couple weeks we have had very technical podcast episodes on color mixing and color theory i hope you enjoyed them i got a lot of great feedback about them however These serious episodes left me wanting to have some fun today with our next episode. It can't all be super serious after all. We want to have fun with our art. That's at the core of it, and we have to remember that. Art is fun. The perfect idea came to me finally after scratching my head for a while, wondering what this fun podcast was going to be about and I came up with a topic of using household objects and found objects in your paintings, essentially using non-traditional objects to paint with. These things can add unexpected texture, lines, and joy to your artwork. Best of all, they are free and easy to find, and you know I love a bargain. So this is something that everyone can do, no matter your budget, no matter where you live in the world, these are readily available items, or at least most of them are. Of course, before we begin, let me please ask you really quick to go rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. I need more reviews, so I have a review of the week to feature next week. I don't have one, so I'm counting on you to go on Apple Podcasts, scroll down, click leave a review, and write me a little review. If you do that, I will give you a shout out on the podcast in the coming weeks. You can also leave me a five-star review on spotify which is super appreciated so thank you very much to everyone who has already done that one more piece of information for you you can find the transcript for this episode and past episodes and extended show notes at laurenchristineart.com podcast i have that linked in the show notes now Back to the show. Did you know that there are tons of household items and found objects that you can use to paint? These household objects can be found in the kitchen, in your bathroom, in the kids' playroom even, outdoors of course, and in your garage. Listen on to find out more. I love making mixed media artwork. I mix mediums together. I combine techniques together all to ultimately try and achieve different textures and effects in my art. Let me tell you one of my secrets to getting interesting mixed media is not to use my paintbrush all the time. Some of you may be scratching your head, wondering why you might want to use these non-traditional items to paint with in the first place. What are the benefits or the reasons why you should use household items to paint with? Let me count the ways. First, these found objects provide added visual interest to your painting. I love to use them in underlayers or to get unexpected effects in my art. Sure, they may not work that well if you are all about realism and realistic art. But if you make any sort of abstract art, or impressionist art, or loose expressionist artwork, even if you are an art journaler, a scrapbooker, a card maker, I mean, there's a there's a lot of different ways that you can use these objects, and you really should try painting with some of these things that I'm going to talk about today. Second, these objects naturally and effortlessly give interesting texture and painterly marks to your artwork. Texture can add a certain something to a piece of art and help to draw the viewer into your visual world. With these household items, you can experiment repeatedly over and over again. If you try using them, I think you're probably gonna have a lot more fun than you expect. Sometimes it helps to get a formal paintbrush out of your hand to loosen up and try new things and be playful and experiment. So I'm curious if you have heard of the quote It's a Pablo Pablo Picasso quote and it goes, all children are born artists. The problem is to remain an artist as we grow up. Think about that and what that means and go back to the days when you were a child and you would use objects around the house to paint with, use your fingers and how that reflected in your artwork. It helps you get loose, it helps you be playful. And I just encourage you to try painting like a child again. That can be a good thing, especially in mixed media or abstract art. Get loose, get free, have fun. Plus, stating the obvious, with these found objects and household objects, there's no fear of ruining a tool, wasting money, or any nagging desire to get it perfect. There's no rights or wrongs here, just have fun and experiment. That is what I love the most about using non-traditional items and household objects to paint with. All of those reasons I just listed. So without further ado, let's talk about what some of these household objects are that you can paint with. Number one, Q-tips. Ooh, I love Q-tips for painting. Sometimes I use them when I just have a minute to paint and I want to add another layer on top of my art, but I don't want a big fussy cleanup. When you use a Q-tip, there's no brush to carefully clean afterwards. In addition, Q-tips are more firm than a brush, so you can do some different things with them. They give nice imperfect dots. You can drag them through paint and scratch with them to reveal underlayers. You can also dab paint loosely. I just love Q-tips. Just a few days ago, I was working on a big flower field painting and I added some little flowers in the background with a Q-tip. The size of the Q-tip was perfect because I wanted small flowers but I wanted them to look imperfect, like they were dancing in the wind. Sometimes a paintbrush is just too perfect and it creates the same mark over and over again. And you and I both know that anything that occurs in nature is imperfect. So a Q-tip gives me that natural looking variation in the flowers that I was searching for. Number two, toilet paper rolls, toilet paper rolls and paper towel rolls. You know, the ones made out of cardboard are a lot of fun to paint with. Now I'm talking about, you know, the cardboard roll on the inside of toilet paper, so not the toilet paper itself. Although you could probably paint with that if you wanted to as well i actually save these cardboard rolls because they're so perfect to paint with first they can stamp out fun circles and ovals for you if you dip them in paint second you can actually cut them up and then smoosh them down that's a technical term here creating a really interesting starburst pattern I have used this in the past to paint things like flowers or fireworks and the way to do it is you insert your scissors into the roll. So we're cutting into it, not slicing off a chunk of it. Insert your scissors into the roll and simply make lots of one inch cuts. It's going to make fringe and you can vary the size of these petals or keep them uniform. But once you've cut all the way around and you've made fringe, then you can squish it down on the paper um, once you've put paint on it, which will make the cut parts expand into that starburst pattern. If you dip it in paint, it makes a really cool firework looking print. Different size paper rolls provide different size starbursts. So it's something to try. I think it can be really neat also if you use it in underlaying, under layers in your paintings, if you like to do that and have interesting under layers underneath what you paint on top. Number three, this one is one of my favorites, and that is painting with gift cards or old credit cards or old hotel key cards. They're all that same shape, just a little rectangle of hard plastic. Gift cards are uh, MVP of my art studio. I save old used gift cards and old hotel key cards and I use them all the time to paint with. First, I love that they provide a crisp, straight edge. When I'm painting grass, for example, I love to come in at the end and add some really thin blades of grass in a lighter color on top using the gift card. Makes really nice highlights and grass. I can even hold hold the card and curve it slightly with my hand and use it to make stalks for some small flowers as well, or thin leaves, seagrass, so many different uses when it comes to smearing paint around for under layers, or if you want to have a wide swatch of canvas that you want covered, well, the gift card is perfect for this. Sometimes, to get started on a piece, I'll just put some blue down in the sky, for example. I put a few different blobs of blue on my page, maybe add some white in there, and I smear them around with a gift card to very quickly get some paint on the sky with some variation in color, um, but it, it just gives me a starting point with a, a tone there. And I like that. Additionally, don't forget, you can also use a gift card to scratch through paint when you want some scratchy marks in there. And you can also use it to remove paint and, and expose hidden things underneath. Number four, leafs and twigs. Why not use the real thing to help with your art? Of course, you can bring it into your studio and just look at your leaves and use that as inspiration for your drawing or your painting. But you can also use actual leaves in your painting. If you're working on a floral or even an abstract, simply dip the leaf in paint and use it like a stamp. It gives a very natural and convincing looking leaf shape, of course. You can also paint over leaves and use the leaf or the twig as negative space um, to get some interesting shapes in your art. So that would mean you put it down on your painting and then you paint around it on the edges, leaving blank negative space where the leaf was sitting once you pick it up. I've talked about it on the podcast before, but I actually really love jelly printing and leaves are excellent to use when jelly printing. They are just beautiful. I love getting those organic shapes. They look really realistic for a reason because they are real or they're using a real object to make that shape. Now, I haven't done jelly printing in a long time, so this is a good reminder to me to get that out and try it. If you've never tried it, I'd tell you to look on YouTube and see what's possible. It's, it's an interesting thing to try. Now, twigs can also be used to create interesting lines in your art or just drag paint across the canvas in unexpected ways or even unpredictable ways. I actually saw someone on YouTube once make a brush using twigs and a rubber band. Um, so they actually like made like a little paintbrush. You could try doing something like that too, for some interesting effects. Number five cups and lids. If you are looking to create a repeating circle pattern, but you don't want to shell out money for an expensive stencil. Well, Cups, lids, um, pill bottles, tubes, there's so many different things in your kitchen, even in your art studio that you could trace around to create circles or even dip into paint and then use to make repeating circle patterns. Um, I'd say go look in your recycling bin and see what you have there. They could make an interesting stamp or an interesting pattern. The nice thing with that is you just don't have to worry about them. You know, you can use them. You can make a lot of repeating circles and patterns in no time. And you don't have to worry about the, the plastic container because you're going to toss it out anyways. Number six kitchen sponges or makeup sponges. Grab an extra kitchen sponge from the kitchen and try using it in your art. You can cut it up into smaller pieces or into particular shapes and create stamps out of it, or you can just use the stamp, no, the sponge for that interesting bubbly texture. Sponged paint looks great when layered with multiple colors, one on top of the other. You can also try makeup sponges which have a finer texture. These can be used to softly layer colors on top of each other and create fine gradients. There's a whole class of artists out there that paint with sponges and they are able to make amazing blends of colors using sponges, so it's something to try. Number seven burlap cloth. Dig around in your garage or your kitchen to see if you can find a piece of old burlap cloth or some other rough textured cloth that you can repurpose in your art. The coarse threads provide an interesting texture that you can stamp onto your artwork. Again, I find these look really interesting when layered on top of other things or even using multiple burlap presses, you know, stamps of different colors, one on top of each other. I love hiding little unexpected surprises into some of my art. Of course, the style has to be a fit for you to be able to do this, but in any mixed media or fun abstract piece, texture is really fun to play with. I find using a texture like a rough burlap cloth gives me some marks that I just can't get with a brush. These look interesting and painterly to the viewer, and that's what I'm after. So a lot of times if I have a big forest, let's say I'm painting a forest or a field of flowers, which I've been doing a lot lately, I am able to first do the underlayers of all the green and get the stems in there, the stalks, the grass, the ground. Using stamps of burlap and sponges and um, using my gift card, I'm able to get all these different textures in there and one it's a lot faster than just using a brush and trying to paint in all these different grass blades one by one and two it just creates a nice random underlayer that i can then put my flowers on top of and it looks awesome so i encourage you to think about that in your art are there any big underlayers, layers, um, like, for example, with water or sky, where you want a little bit of texture in there, maybe all of it doesn't show through in the final, the final part, you know, your final artwork piece, but that's not the point. It's not that every mark shines through, but sometimes you get little glimpses of it in a sky or in the ocean if it's hiding there underneath and that can be really special and really interesting if you can make it work. So I encourage you to try that. That brings me to number eight, cardboard. Cardboard is incredibly versatile. You can make stamps, you can do reliefs, you can use the hard edge, you can drag paint around, you can make different tools for patterns and lines by cutting into the edge of the cardboard all in all cardboard can be used in a lot of different ways and the best part is it's really easy to find sometimes when i need a repeating pattern i cut it out of a piece of cardboard and i use it to stamp what i want on my artwork this works great especially if you don't want your pattern to be 100 percent perfect I like a little painterly imperfection, and that's an effect that is easy to get when I use these household materials to paint with. Since cardboard is free and so easy to find, I highly recommend trying it. Cut it up, use the edge, make a stamp out of it, make your own painting tool, see what you can do with it. You can dip it into paint, you can scratch through paint, you can smudge paint around, scrape paint. There's a lot you can do if you try it out. That brings us to number nine. This is a drinking straw. There's a few different ways to use a straw. One, you can blow into it and spread out wet paint. Um, You can also use it to make paint bubbles. I first came across this technique in making pottery, which is another artistic hobby of mine. When I make ceramics, one fun way to glaze my pieces is to mix some glaze with soap and blow glaze bubbles on the pottery. It's a very cool effect. And when the bubbles pop, it leaves little circles, like a bubble pattern on the ceramic piece. You can do the same exact thing with your artwork, be it on paper or canvas. You can take thin down acrylic paint, which is acrylic paint plus water and add a little bit of dish soap to it and mix it up and blow using your straw to create bubbles it looks a little psychedelic and cool if you layer a lot of soft colors together um, you know letting them dry in between if your colors don't play well together of course but if you layer these soft colors together you can get a very neat sky like effect um I don't know it's one of those things you just have to try or google so you can see a photo but you can create really dreamy layers of color with a very interesting texture to them so here are two bubble techniques to try one mix paint water and soap or a bubble solution if you have that on hand into a bowl or a cup Blow into it with your straw until you get a ton of bubbles. A lot, a lot of bubbles. They'll sit on top of your water paint solution. And then gently lay your paper over the bubbles and wait until they pop. Let it dry if you want, um, if you're gonna be mixing colors, and then you can repeat this until you're happy with the effect. The second technique for bubbles is to actually use a bubble wand instead of a straw. It's very simple, but it is a bit messy. So this is one to definitely do outside. You can dip a bubble wand into the paint and soap solution that you mixed up and blow bubbles directly onto your paper. Um, However, you can also do this with a straw where you blow them and some will stick to the outside of your straw and you can place that onto a piece of paper or your canvas. It's very, very simple, um, but it can be something fun to try and see what you make. I do this a lot with my pottery when I'm looking to add something interesting, um, but I haven't really done it really with my painting, but I can see it now. If I were to make like a big water scene and you want a little bit of like bubbly foam on it, why not do it with bubbles? Could be very cool. There are other ways to use a straw that don't involve bubbles at all. Um, So similar to the toilet paper cardboard rolls, you can create fringe on the end of the straw by cutting little tiny slits into it and then smash it down onto the paper or canvas and it'll spread out, creating little sunburst flower-like marks. So you can try that as well. Smash it into the paint on your palette and then smash it into the canvas. And you'll see it creates these little stars, these little flowers. They're very, very cool. And again, impossible to replicate in any other way. So it just is very interesting to look at and see in your art. All right, number 10. Is a toothbrush. When you go to the dentist I'm sure they might send you home with an extra toothbrush. If so, save them for making artwork. You can also use an old toothbrush that you've already used and are ready to throw away. Save it from the landfill and instead try painting with it. You can use a paintbrush to make interesting line groupings. Um, Just make sure there's not too much paint on your toothbrush and then you'll get to see the different little bristles. Also, toothbrushes can be flicked around to make tiny little splatter marks. I love a good splatter to loosen up my mixed media. Simply hold the toothbrush a few inches away from the paper and flick the bristles with your fingers. After a few tries on a scratch paper, you can get pretty good with your aim. I once saw an abstract painting that a three-year-old created with just a paintbrush and it looked really, really good. The moral of the story is that you never know what mark might give your piece the extra pizzazz you're looking for. So don't be afraid to bring back your inner child and just play with a toothbrush and paint and paper sometime. Just see what you can make. You might surprise yourself and have fun while you're at it. Number 11, a pastry brush. This is another tool you can use to create interesting line work. I have a silicone pastry brush that I've used in the past when I want some distinctive marks in a mixed media piece. You can get lines with a bit of a natural squiggle in them. If you loosely drag the pastry brush across your paper, Um, you can create patterns by dragging it through thick paint. You can get loose splatter effects. If you splash it around and flick those bristles, Um, there's a lot you can do with a silicone pastry brush. I have seen other artists use a pastry brush for paint pouring, and that's actually where I got the idea. I've seen some artists paint with spaghetti before, and although a pastry brush is shorter in length, the consistency between a pastry brush and cooked pasta is not that different. Um, You can get some nice floppy lines. Last one on my list for today is a spatula, number 12. As soon as I released the Dollar Store Art Supply Bargains episode, that's number 39 if you haven't listened to it already, I was struck by the major omission of not talking about spatulas. Go get a spatula from the Dollar Store and try it out in your art. There's a very well-known and slightly expensive tool called a Princeton Catalyst Wedge. And a spatula is a pretty close substitute. Spatulas can be used to smear colors around, create ribbons of color, or create interesting underlayers that brushes just cannot make on their own. You can use a spatula to apply paint or take it away. Don't forget it can carve through wet paint to create designs, scrape paint away, or even reveal hidden underlayers below. That is all I have for today on 12 household objects that you can use to paint. I am out of time. It has been a much longer episode than I thought it would be. And I actually have an even longer list of objects So I'm thinking I'm going to need to make another episode of more household objects you can use in your art. If you went through your home now, I'm sure you would find even more objects around the house that you can paint with. So if you find something interesting, let me know what you find, what you try and what you enjoy. I would love to make another episode of more ideas in the future. Um, So I'd love to include some of your favorites as well. You can always send me a direct message on Instagram at laurenchristineart with your ideas. Also send me an email at laurenchristineart at gmail.com. As a reminder, you can find the transcript for this episode and all the previous episodes at laurenchristineart.com podcast. That's it for today. Happy creating my friends.